G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Have you ever been called a name as a Christian? Well, at the present time, of course, with the marriage debate that's going on, Christians are targeted with intimidating name-calling, things like homophobe or bigot. You've no doubt heard those, and if you've been on social media, you might well have been the recipient of that sort of name-calling. Do those names hurt? Do those names hold power over people? Do they, in fact, shut down conversation or debate? Uh, Do they, in fact, uh, detract from the issues that truly are involved? Is it right for Christians to be involved in name-calling? I wonder what your thoughts might be on that. In earlier decades, Christians have been branded with all sorts of names, uh, words like fanatic or Bible basher, a God botherer, a holy roller. You might have heard all of those. Maybe those names have been used of you. Are words like bigot worse than those sorts of names that Christians have been called for a long time? Well, you can join in our conversation today. We'll open our talkback lines, 1-800-316-316. And our special guest talking through some of these issues today is Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim. And a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Stu Miller. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Well, Stu, I could be tempted here to call you names. Oh, (laughs) But then you might call me names back. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. It depends what type of names you're going to call me, Neil. Uh, look, you're a good bloke. <laughs> Thanks. You but are too. Maybe not even not everyone listening might think that uh, you're a good bloke or that I'm a good bloke. Absolutely. Uh, some people yeah. might be, you know, might have something on their lips right now that might be a little bit disturbing. And mm-hmm. in fact, in some sense, when we talk name calling. As a Christian believer, because these things are not new, Christians have been called names for a long, long time. Yes. Uh, the idea that we ought to have a thick skin isn't something new to us, is it? No, it's not. And uh, right from the very word go, the the start of the, the early church, there was massive persecution. And the, and the name calling that we have really is is uh, quite mild persecution compared to what they went through. 11 of the 12, 12 disciples died, uh, you know, declaring Jesus as Lord and that he'd risen from the dead and they were, they were crucified, crucified upside down, killed with the sword, put in boiling hot oil, all sorts of awful things that were going on. And when we look around the world and places like China and other places around the world and uh, you know, in the Middle East with ISIS, um, you know, the persecution of Christians. Christians is the number one uh, persecuted group in the world, I understand. You know, massive persecution going on, uh, particularly in the non-West. But in the West, we have this situ- sort of situation where we've got name-calling. So there is a, a degree of persecution, but maybe compared to others, uh, we've got it pretty light. As you say, real context comes when you start to think about what can happen in the persecution of Christian believers, uh, you know, dipped in oil or tar and set on fire, thrown from buildings, uh, whatever, Mm. all these dreadful things. uh, And name-calling then all of a sudden becomes a lesser Mm. evil, 
Yes. It's a lesser evil. And so somehow or other there's a context to the idea of being called names. Mm, absolutely. But often we don't see that context. We're, we're so wrapped up in our own world here in, 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 our, in Australia and we, we're, we're thinking, oh, what was me? You know, and we don't want to sort of stick our neck out just in case we're called a name or, you know, uh, people think that we're a bigot or a homophobe or anything like this. We don't want to, you know, say our opinion on something. Otherwise, we're going to get, you know, it's like putting your neck out and you just don't want to do that. And so, you know, I think actually understanding it in context of history and an understanding on context of, of all the other countries in the world and what's going on gives us a better perspective as to how good we actually have it. And, and making a stand for, for Christ is something that we all should do. Well, a little departure from uh, straight conversation today on 2020, because we're going to hearken back 20-odd years ago. You might mm-hmm. be thinking, 20 years ago, what was the most popular song that Christians were listening to? Uh, well, it's a song that was a little bit about name-calling. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to play this song, and it'll be a little blast from the past for you. Uh, if you're a DC Talk fan, you'll absolutely love it, and you'll want to turn your radio up to listen to it. If you're not such a DC Talk fan, uh, persevere for a few moments and listen to the words carefully, because the words of this classic Christian song are, what will people think if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? And then the next line, as you know well, Stu, is... What will people do if they find out it's true? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to continue the conversation. And, yes, we'll take calls a little earlier today. So 1-800-316-316, your thoughts on name-calling, because uh, after this song we'll uh, we'll get into the true conversation today about (coughs) name-calling.
from the usual conversation on 2020, but a song that fits in so well with our discussion today. And that Jesus Freak song, uh, one of your most favourites over the years, no doubt, Stu Miller. <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of DZ Talk from way back, yeah. I was in my early 20s when that came out, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that it is 20 years old, some people will find that hard to believe because mm. it's still got a very contemporary sound uh, with even today's contemporary music. It's uh, mm. It was maybe ahead of its time. But the yeah. message... Mm-hmm. is a very powerful message, mm-hmm. and it's a message that still resounds when you think of your favorite DC Talk song, mm-hmm. uh, because being called a Jesus freak uh, is something that people will do whether they are saying it to your face or not, mm-hmm. because as a Christian, you carry a perhaps a reputation, mm-hmm. uh, and that reputation, not only Jesus' reputation, but also the reputation that you're bringing to the table, which sometimes mm-hmm. is good and sometimes not so good. But mm. it's what people will do when they find that it's true. This is the uh, this is the the, mm. the interesting thing here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I guess it's a little bit of that unknown. Uh, what? How will people react? What people? What, what will people say if I share my faith with someone? What are they going to react? Uh, you know, angrily? Are they going to act, you know, like, hey, I don't really believe it, but good on you, mate, you know? Um, but despondently, um, you know, it's hard to tell how people are going to respond. And, and as an evangelist, sharing the gospel with people, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing to stop people from actually communicating the gospel. I mean, we've got great news. This is the good news of the gospel. Jesus has died for our sins. He's paid the punishment for everything that we've done wrong. I mean, this is an amazing message to share. And we want to share that, that good news in an, in an appropriate way. But I think the thing that, the, the, the largest thing, there's a number of reasons that stop us from sharing the gospel, but I think that the biggest thing would be a fear of, how are people going to respond? And I love that line in the DC Talk uh, song. How, you know, what will people do when they find out it's true? How will people respond to you? Mm. Well, we're inviting you to be part of our conversation today. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Tony in Sydney. Hello, Tony. Welcome along. Oh, hello, uh, hello Neil, and hello Stu. Uh, lovely to join you on the program. 
Tony from Sydney. Uh, I've uh, certainly been called quite a few names, and I empathise very much with Stu in that uh, these things uh, can be quite hurtful, and it might force people to hold back from sharing their faith if they are uh, you know, really burnt by people's negative utterances, because the intention of the the person, the evangelist, or the soul winner, or the person who's witnessing for Jesus is always, of course, to offer good news, not just to hang a whole lot of beliefs on people. I just had a conversation with a couple of my nieces recently, and it's amazing how volatile they were about the whole prospect of same-sex marriage in in the affirmative, I'm sad to say. And uh, I got the impression that I'd become an enemy of uh, members of my own household. So those things are very confronting. And uh, if a person's not well integrated emotionally, they can uh, they can feel very, very put out by it. And uh, my only defense in that all of that is that I'm just speaking up for the Lord Jesus and uh, telling people the good news. Tony, and I recognize this voice. This is Tony McLennan. And uh, Tony, you've got an initiative going at this moment uh, in evangelism. Uh, just give us a quick reminder of what you're doing. Yeah, we're um, calling, carrying out a rallying call to all Australians and including New Zealanders, you will be glad to hear, uh, to really rise up and share the gospel as the, as the number one thing we can do to turn our nation around. Of course, that's backed with prayer. And we're calling it the God Revolution. And, uh, uh, of course, Vision Christian Radio was kind enough to run an article on that a while ago. And our whole intent is over the next five to ten years to facilitate uh, the raising up of 10,000 really keen soul winners. You might call them Christian activists. They're not going to fold when the enemy says boo to them. And I feel that the enemy is really running scared. That's why he's coming out with this bitter opposition. And uh, I think that it really calls for us to take on the attitude somewhat of a, of a soldier, uh, certainly uh, to be, you know, to really toughen ourselves up, not in a negative or hard-hearted way, but be prepared to take the flag, because the only way we're going to win the battle is where we boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. Well, Tony, the God Revolution, we'll be keeping an eye on that, and uh, perhaps uh, you can join us in the next little while, and uh, perhaps over the next week or two, we might be able to get a a more significant update on that. But Stu Miller, as uh, Tony's called in, he's obviously been captivated by Mm. this conversation today. He recognises this because uh, I know Tony's got a thick skin, and no doubt he's been called as many names as you have. Uh, What are your (laughs) thoughts for Tony today? Oh, I think he's absolutely right. I mean, the gospel, he's saying the gospel is the thing that's going to change the nation. And, and you know, the, the, a lot of these these issues that are coming out in our society are just symptoms of wrong thinking, of wrong worldviews, of, of humanistic thinking, of uh, basically rejecting God. And when you reject God, you you know, you have no basis for morality. You, you can believe whatever you like and everything's just up for debate. And then if you disagree with me, well, you're, you know, I can just call you a name and I'm offended and, and you're breaching my human rights and all this sort of thing that comes out. But there's no basis for right and wrong without God. The gospel's the only thing that's going to change that. And, and so Tony's absolutely right. We've got to get the gospel out to people. Uh, I think it was Billy Graham that said, if you want to change a nation, you've got to change the heart of the people in that nation and to change the individual and if you want to change the heart you need to preach the gospel because the gospel changes people's hearts and lives and all over the world millions of lives are, are being transform, transformed by the, the amazing power of the gospel the good news and so 
we've got to be bold, we've got to be courageous, but also thoughtful and loving and compassionate in the way that we go about it and appropriate to our culture. But we've got to get this amazing message out to people. And name-calling is not an excuse not to share your faith. Mm. That's what I can hear you saying. Well, I want to say thank you so much to Tony from Sydney for calling in. Uh, we are taking calls on one 316 Let's hear from Michael in Perth. Hello, Michael. Welcome along. Thanks, Neil. How are you going? Very well, Michael. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are basically, oftentimes people will be thinking about the way they can share the gospel, and uh, which is a really important element uh, of, of witnessing to others or even just uh, conversation across the coffee table. But um, I think one thing that often gets neglected is that uh, people get don't prepare enough for when... Uh, Perhaps these the Christian worldview gets rejected, and they and they present a different worldview, and uh, and it kind of takes people off off script, if you like. And uh, there's not uh, a lot of people I've encountered that aren't just prepared for that. And so I think uh, in preparing to share the gospel, uh, there also comes uh, some you know there comes a mandate for us to be prepared to the fact that a lot of people will reject that. But then, well, how do we respond when people do reject it? And so. Um, I'm actually studying at uh, Trinity Theological College in Perth, um, and uh, one of the uh, lecturers there, Marty Ford, who um, I'm studying systematic theology theology with, he uh, he's very passionate about evangelism and sharing the gospel. And one of the things he he often uh, says is, well, rather than arguing at the uh, the top level, go to the root. Well, where where is it that uh, these ideas are coming from? Challenge mm. others to put. Uh, you know, where is the foundation if you're saying that uh, this this thing is fact? Or how, how do we get there? Yeah, That's great stuff. And uh, not being prepared for rejection. and then, But as you say, uh, finding the root of what really is causing that person to get so uh, animated in the way that they're uh, perhaps putting you down or calling those names. Stu, what are your thoughts uh, for our, uh, our listener Michael in Perth? I absolutely agree. And, I, and again, I think that's one of the fears that stop Christians from communicating their faith. Not only what will people do when they find out it's true, what will they, what will they think, what will they say to me, but um, can I answer those questions when they come back at me and they say, I disagree because of this, this and this? Uh, what, what am I to do? I, I don't feel like I've got all the answers. And so I, I guess there's a couple of things to respond there. One is that we don't have to have all the answers. No one does have all the answers. And it's okay to say, hey, that's a, that's a good point or that's a good question. Can I get back to you on that? Um, but, uh, you know, obviously if we can actually study some apologetics, I'd encourage every Christian to study apologetics and to get to know some of the, the worldviews and some of the – where are these ideas coming from so that you actually have a, a grasp of it, an understanding of it, so it doesn't take you by surprise, I think is an important thing. So we should be always ready to give an account of the hope within us. We should be prepared for that. But um, thirdly, I'd say that if you are sharing your faith – you will sharpen up really quickly <laughs> because you learn as you go. And I found in my own life, you know, like when I when I first started witnessing, I'm you know people threw me all the time with questions, and I'm like, but I thought about it, went away, thought about it, read up on it, studied, asked people, and then I've got good, really good at answering some those same things. So very few things throw me now because it's like the same sort of twenty questions that you hear are the same ones that keep coming every time. And if you can learn a good answer to those, then then you you're right. Uh, probably a fourth thing to say about that. There's a lot to say. About about this, there uh, is. You, you brought up lots of good points, Mike. Um, the, the fourth point is that if we ask questions, and I think this is part of what Mike was actually saying, uh, if we ask questions of the person and delve into what they believe, rather than just spouting off what we believe and and how they're wrong, 
uh, it's a fantastic way for them to help to understand the holes in their own belief. And, and three questions that I like to use is, um, that, that's really interesting. You know, I start with you know, showing genuine interest in what they're saying. That's really interesting what you're saying there. Where did you get that idea from? <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, they are, oh, um, well, I, my uncle told me or, you know, whatever, you know, and they say, oh, okay. So, um, how did you come to, to believe that that idea was true? Um, you know, is, is he, a, is he a scholar? Is he, a, you know, like, a, uh, you know, where did he get the idea? Oh, I don't know. He, no, he's not a scholar or anything. He's, uh, you know, so they start bumbling and they, they actually don't know the foundation of why they would believe it's true. They've got no reason to believe it's just they've heard it. Often, you know, there's little ditties and, and mottos that got around in society, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone, you can do anything you like, you know, things like that, which are, when you start asking some questions, there's some major holes on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the final question is, have you considered that maybe, and then you can share something. And, and often in a reciprocal thing, when you're asking them questions, they'll then turn around and say, well, well, what do you think about it? You know, they, they turn it back to you and then you have an opportunity to share your faith. So, Thank you so much to Michael. And uh, let me encourage you, uh, get into that systematic theology study and uh, learn all sorts of great stuff in that course that you're doing. And I think you mentioned Trinity Theological College in Perth. Thank you so much to Michael for joining us today on 2020. In just a few moments, we'll continue our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking name-calling today. And really, uh, that song from DC Talk, What Will People Think? When they hear that I'm a Jesus freak, and importantly, what will people do when they find that it's true? Back with more in just a few moments. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Stu Miller is our guest from Train to Proclaim. Stu, let's take some uh, some calls. Lots of people trying to get through. Let's hear a quick one. Shel- Shelby in Sunnybank in Queensland. Hello, Shelby. Hello, uh, Neil. Uh, Stu. Um, um, yeah, I um, have learned, I think, from yourself, Stu, um, in the area of um, um, uh, question answering. Mm. Um, so I may answer them, but I question them with that answer. Um, and then the other thing is, yes, you've got to hear them out. You've got to, mm. I spoke to a little uh, Kate the other day. She's the, um, the butcher in the sense, uh, uh, in my net, uh, of the uh, two girl couples. And, um, you know, so I just listened to her and heard her out completely. Let her talk herself out completely. And, um, then you, then you have all the answers, or then you have all the understanding of what, where they're coming from. Um, and she only had one little complaint. The rest of it, she didn't, uh, and she doesn't even want a child. Her partner does. Um, but, you know. Good thoughts there, to... Shelby. Let's uh, get a response from Stu. The idea of listening, listening is, is itself mm. a very powerful thing. So not opening your mouth at all. It's not what you say sometimes. It's actually your mm. courtesy to listen. Yeah, and I think people really appreciate that. If you if you just talk all the time and you're just spouting what you believe and trying to push it on other people, they, they feel like they've been hammered rather than given the opportunity to actually express what they think as well. And so 
really good point from Shelby there. I think the the main thing I want to say is is be genuinely interested in them. Like don't you know don't just sort of oh yeah I've got to listen to them so I can pick out what they're saying that's wrong so I can then attack it. You know, uh, which is often happens in a debate. But you don't want to turn it into a debate. Be genuinely interested in the person themselves and their in their salvation and uh, and be loving towards them and and say you know and if you show that genuine interest, I think people pick up. The way that you're coming across, and and they will hopefully then respond by being genuinely interested in what you've got to say. We're taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Thanks to Shelby. Let's hear from Alex in Melbourne. Hello, Alex. Welcome along. Oh, hello there. Yes, yeah, so just a, a scripture that comes to mind uh, uh, in John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four. A new commandment I give unto you that. Ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my, ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And Apostle Paul also is one example of that. He's striving to attain to the love of God. I think that probably speaks louder than words in a lot of cases, if we can learn the love of the Lord. Good thoughts, mm. Alex. Your thoughts for Alex Stew. Yeah, I agree, Alex. I think um, that uh, you know it's one thing to make a stand for Jesus and to stand up for for biblical truth and biblical standards in, in our society, which I believe we need to do. But we must speak the truth in love, and uh, that's a, a resounding theme throughout the New Testament and and, and in Jesus' life. Uh, he was uh, accused by the religious leaders of you know hanging out with the prostitutes and the destitute and the the tax collectors and all the the people in society that they thought he should not be associating with. But Jesus was all about love. He was all about people, and he cared more about people uh, than we can ever imagine. You know, And so we should too. We're, in the way that we conduct ourselves, I believe we've got to be appropriate and loving uh, to the utmost. Thank you so much to Alex from Melbourne. And just to preempt uh, some listener feedback, listener calls as our talkback lines open today, uh, let's talk about whether it's actually a right thing or a good thing or whether you actually do this in love uh, to actually do some name-calling yourself. Uh, is this a right or a wrong thing? We'll uh, we'll save the, the conversation uh, for after the news. But if you've got some thoughts on that, uh, give us a call on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call. Robin is in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Yes, hello. Um, look, I think the most important thing for Christians, and I've seen a lack, a big lack in this, is your relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's a relationship, mm. and it's so natural when you when you are meeting people just to share, and you don't have to have all the answers. Mm. You know, many, many years ago, um, like a long time ago, when I was not, not you know, a Christian not too long, um, but uh, my lecturer at the university used to, um, you always want an argument with me because it's, it's funny, I don't know but why, but he thought I might have been a drug um, person or something because I mentioned I'd been to India and, um, and I was a nurse and stuff like that. But anyway, from then on, I told him I was a Christian and, he used to pull me up all the time and just, you know, to try and make an argument with me. And he would ask me about, you know, what's my answer to that? And I, I often used to say, look, I don't know, but I just know that he's real. And uh, I used to talk about how he has helped me and, 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 you know, that's it. And then years later, I found out he married a Christian lady. I don't know whether he himself made a decision or what, but it was just interesting how he found me... Um, you know, some something to argue with, but 
I think he was searching himself, maybe. Robin, great thoughts. Thank you so much for your call today. We're about to go to Vision National News. Uh, Stu, as we talk about these sorts of things, I'm just mindful that today in the Supreme Court in Queensland, uh, there's an outfit called Operation 513. Mm. Now, these guys are, uh, are street evangelists. They do what they do really well. They uh, They talk to people quite openly about faith mm-hmm. and and of course there's some uh, controversy over uh, council bylaws and state laws as to mm-hmm. whether they can actually uh, share the gospel in the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane you've been following that along these guys are are uh, they just they're not afraid to be called names they're out in public and right. they risk that name calling thing every day what are your thoughts on what's happening with operation 513 yeah absolutely they they get heckled all the time so they're used to the name calling and uh um, they they stand up for for Christ and the they have the backing of the state laws you know and under the uh, Queensland's Peaceful Assembly Act 1992 they have the right to to you know uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion and all the rights that we all have and a right to be able to share that with people and the council uh, did not like the fact that they were you know standing on on the rights that they had. Um, uh, under the act and they because they wanted to be able to restrict them and to you know you know tell them where they could go and what they could do effectively they could completely you know stop them doing what they're doing um if they wanted to but of course the the uh the act overrides the council <laughs> regulations and so what they did is they started to fine these guys and they've given out over ten thousand dollars worth of fines, which of course these guys are not going to pay. They're, they're disputing it. They've been to uh, the magistrate last um, September, and uh, it was ruled against them. So they they went to the the um, court of appeal, and so um, that was back in January, February, I think this year. And so um, they actually had a ruling in their favour when they appealed it, which is fantastic. And pretty much all the things that the magistrate said, all bar one, was overturned. But they weren't prepared to to let that one slide because if you let one slide, more can slide in the future. And, uh, you know, this actually really matters because freedom of speech, freedom of religion is actually under attack, as we know, in our nation. And and we need to, you know, court cases like that can become a precedent for for things in the future. And so they're actually now going to the Supreme Court, uh, and that is happening today. So anyone uh, listening, pray pray for that. There's a lot riding on this for Christians everywhere, not just uh, people going out on the street, but will we be, you know, neutered? Will we be stopped speaking about our faith completely will that be considered hate speech just to talk to a person at work or your neighbor over the fence or you know a friend over a coffee what is the is the state going to be monitoring what we're talking about now oh did you talk about god well that's not on that's hate speech you know what what is it going to be you know how, how far is this going to go and so let's let's pray that these guys have a favorable result today uh, let that be a, a gentle nudge to take a little bit of time because this is happening today an evangelism group in the Supreme Court in Queensland. So uh, take a little time as you get that opportunity. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on name calling. Let's take a call from Madeline in Horsham in Victoria. Hello, Madeline. Welcome along. Hello. How are you going, Neil? Very well, Madeline. Welcome along. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I actually, I am married to an atheist. Um, so it's kind of, 
I don't sort of get called a lot of names, but I get mocked more than anything. By sometimes by him, but mostly by his family. Um, and it, I've only ever really been called one really nasty name by him or anyone. Um, and it was in a church car park on Easter Sunday. He was having an argument with me, um, and he called me a Christian's. Right. Well, uh, that's uh, that's you're talking here too about uh, what might be as a domestic dispute. Some people would say that would uh, uh, be a domestic violence type of violation. And uh, and uh, thank you not thank you for not being quite so explicit though. You did spell that <laughs> word. Uh, uh, your thoughts for Madeline? Uh, what are your thoughts, Phil, uh, Stu? Well, I've got a lot of respect for you, Madeline. You, you uh, to be able to be in that relationship and to continue in that relationship, even though there has been th- that incident in the past, and the fact that you you feel like you, you're being belittled, um, and the reality is that that you you have every reason to believe what you you're believing, and you've got logical, consistent um, worldview that makes sense of the world. Um, you know. Your your husband has got to believe that everything came out of nothing by nobody for no reason, which is a completely illogical position to start off with. So, um, you know, in some ways you could be belittling him and, and uh, making fun of him, but to your credit, you're not. Uh, but it always seems to be one way, and, and we have to, in, in, in one sense, take it on the chin uh, and do it lovingly. But at the same time, I think you can also stand up and um, for, for what you believe. And, and I'd encourage you to, to get some good answers, you know, to come back at him at, at times. Sometimes he might need to hear some of those things to, uh, to be challenged in his own worldview. Madeline, while we've got you on the phone, and yeah. I just want to just draw attention to something here, which is very important, because name calling is one thing, and then name calling proceeds often onto profanity. And uh, for listeners who might be mm. a little uh, concerned about uh, that word uh, being suggested on the radio today, uh, this is something we need to be prepared for, Stu. And uh, and uh, there is a sense we could have cut that word out, and uh, and some people might be a critic uh, for saying that we didn't cut that word out today. But this is the reality, a mm. preparation for whatever words might be used mm. against Christian believers. Get a thick skin because you're going to need a thick skin mm. because things are not getting easier. Things are getting tougher. Mm. And with Madeline, she's had that experience face-to-face. But I think on social media these days, it's happening so much more because you don't need to face someone and you, people feel free just to say whatever they want and to say whatever profanity and, and name-calling they want because they, they're behind a computer and they're not actually looking people eye-to-eye. And so it's happening so much more. But it's just as hurtful when, when you get it on a screen and it comes up on your Facebook feed or whatever. And I'm seeing it, uh, particularly at the moment with this debate that's going on, that there seems to be a very uh, reasonable and respectful argument brought for the no vote. And then there's like bigot, homophobe, name-calling, and then there's another uh, you know, argument that's brought, and then it turns into profanity. It's like, hey, you haven't got a, you know, you, you, you're not shutting up. We're going to 
take this to a new level and it becomes more than just name calling. And uh, for Madeline, of course, in a lot of uh, situations where you might have a Christian who's married to someone who's quite openly an atheist Mm. and the sorts of language that are being used around the house in front of the kids, uh, all sorts of ways that these names and profanity enters in, uh, it does create an issue. And uh, the sorts of language that we use uh, is very important in family life and everyday life and the language we're using around the water cooler in the workplace. And uh, listeners will know if they're working in usually what would be perhaps a secular organization uh, that people are using all sorts of profanities that if we cocoon ourselves, we're not used to hearing. Mm. But when we are in the real world, Mm. people are using harsh language at every turn Mm. and there is a need to be very Uh, aware and uh, to have a thick skin about some of those things. Thank you so much to Madeline in Horsham in Victoria. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Fran in WA. Hello, Fran. Welcome along. Good morning. How are you? Very well, Fran. What are your thoughts? Um, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, I was born again last year, um, and the name... The name calling can go both ways. I've been looking for a church for many, many years. I'm a recovering drug addict, mm-hmm. and I live in a small country town, and I found myself getting judged in a lot of churches I was going to. Um, after the service, you know, you'd see someone from church, and they'd literally cross the street, or you could actually see them saying something to their children about not mixing with them, and and uh, that was quite hard to bear. And then I, uh, I ran into a, a – I found a flyer for a church um, – down Bunbury Way, a lady called Cherie Peters, and she was brave enough to get up and share her story about re- being a recovering addict. And to, to um, I think she gave a quote from Hosea about how God doesn't want our sacrifices; He wants us to know Him and to to share the Word and to share who He is with other people. And that's what she did that day for me. And because of that one lady getting uh, getting up and being brave enough to share her story. Uh, uh, you know, no warts and all, that 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 connected with me. And mm. she actually came up and she gave me a hug. I was sitting in the church by myself, feeling very much out of my comfort zone and just about to walk out. Mm. And she must have must have sent something. I mean, she gave came up and gave me a hug. You know, she said, mm. "Do you mind if I give you a hug?" And I felt a little bit uncomfortable, but that that drew me in. That love, that mm. that willingness to share, actually drew me in and and um, started a. A journey for me where I did Bible studies and actually was baptized last year. Mm. And um, that's what I'm trying to do now. I think what you're talking about is really, really important from both sides, not just people who are mm. looking to save people, but also the people who actually believe that they practice what they preach, that, mm. they, that they actually live as Christ did and, and, you know, put out and actually share that love as well, not just talk mm. about it, mm. that they actually have to live it. Definitely. Definitely. I, I mean, our walk and our talk have to be the same. We we can't talk about it and preach about God's love and then not live it in our lives. And, and I completely agree. Uh, you know, there's attitudes um, among Christians or among churchgoers that that are really um, embarrassing, to be honest, um, that, that need to change. We've, we need to be loving towards all people. We need to be uh, accepting of all people. We, we don't accept sin, but we accept the person itself. And and whenever we're in a, in a debate, we we're never, uh, you know, attacking a person. We're attacking an idea or an ideology, uh, a worldview. When we're discussing with people, 
uh, but we're loving the people, and that's you know that's the thing that re- resonates and and remains with the person. You know, not so much the words that you've said, but but you know, did this person love me? And I think people can sense that they can pick that up. Another important thing that I think you've brought up today, which is excellent, is is the power of personal testimony. And you've shared part of your testimony, which is very powerful. I'm glad that you have, and I know that people listening around the country that might have really touched some people in a similar situation to you. And and I think all of us have got a testimony, uh, regardless of what situation we've come from. We can share that, and that's not something that someone can argue with, you know, because it's our story, and it's a very powerful way of communicating without getting into a debate um, and sharing the love of Christ through that. So. Yeah, I encourage you to share your testimony with others and everyone listening. Fran from WA, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Uh, let me come up with uh, with something that's important here. Uh, this question as to whether uh, where we think about Christians being called names, mm. uh, is it a right thing for Christians to call other people names? Uh, because this is a particularly uh, prickly issue because uh, we've got some precedent in the Bible about name-calling. Uh, yes. Stu, uh, <laughs> so, Stu, while everyone, while everyone will say, um, you know, uh, we're expected to be loving, mm. uh, loving is balanced with truth and mm. justice, and uh, love is a big word and yes. one that's worthy of unpacking in a deeper way. Mm. Uh, what about name-calling and the Bible? Any thoughts? Well, Jesus definitely was a name caller. I know that sounds shocking, okay. <laughs> but he but he he attacked the the uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he uh, called them wash well, what's the word? Uh, whitewashed, whitewashed sepulchers. That's right. That's the one I was thinking of. He uh, yeah he he called them hypocrites. He called them a number of things. But what I do know from what Jesus said was it was true. They were hypocrites, and so he was just calling them out for 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 what they were doing. And um, I think, as a general rule, as Christians, you know, when we're in, engaging in conversation, you know, for me anyway, I I like to attack the ideology or the, the argument, um, the wrong thinking behind what they're saying, rather than the person. And we need to love the person, and uh, rather than attacking a person itself. But sometimes you've just got to call people out and say, you know what. It's just nonsensical what you're saying, and this is why. <laughs> and we've got to be bold. Okay, and, yeah. and looking for – some people say, well, uh, I need to have some scriptural precedents. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus, the name caller, he used the word hypocrites seven times. Mm-hmm. He used the word son of hell once, blind guides twice, fools and blind three times. He used the word uh, whitewashed sepulchres, that's uh, yep. tombs, uh, yep. once. He called people serpents. He called people offspring of vipers. Uh, so uh, Jesus, who did those things without sin, uh, we could conclude that uh, that name-calling is not necessarily a sin. But I assume that if you're doing it out of a, a sinful mm-hmm. anger, that that might actually be crossing the line. Uh, it, I guess it comes to the motivation of the heart, Stu. Well, definitely. Definitely comes to the motivation of the heart, and and it, it, I think uh, looking at at uh, the purpose of why we would call people a name, I think Jesus was making a public statement about the, this certain group of people that were hypocrites, and he was calling them out publicly. Um, for us, when we're engaging in a in a polite conversation on 
social media or with a friend or a workmate or something, I wouldn't necessarily encourage anyone to call them a, a whitewashed sepulchre or a, a hypocrite or anything like that. You're, you know, you should be loving the person, but if they've got wrong ideas when you're discussing it, don't be afraid to say so. If we if we don't stand up then there'll only be ever one side of an argument uh, and and people will just think that that is the status quo. That's what everyone thinks and creates this impression that everybody believes us where it's just not true and that there is a uh, reasoned, uh, well-reasoned, logical, consistent argument against what they're saying. But if they don't hear it, then they'll never know. Let's take another call. Barbarica is in New South Wales. Hello, welcome along. Oh, welcome to you. God bless you. Nice to hear from you. Did I get your pronunciation right? Is it Barbarica? Well, I'd like to make a comment on um, the problem that I have in my own family concerning Christianity. Yep, sure. What's that? My daughter was a staunch uh, supporter. She was a pastor in the church for quite a few years. And she was a pastor in the youth, in the youth section as well. And now... She's totally turned away from God now, and she's gone into a, les- a lesbian relationship, and she's buried another woman, and she lives in Victoria, and she came to see me, and they were trying to put their views on me about uh, about me following Christ, and I said, look, it doesn't matter what situation I'm in or what I have to face. I will never give up my Christianity and I'll never give up serving Christ. And I said, uh, I don't like what Bill Shorten's doing in Victoria and what he's done. And I said, you believe what you want to believe, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to let go of my faith. Mm. Barbara, mm. thank you so much for those thoughts. And as you reflect on your own family situation, and uh, yes, uh, people have gone astray in lots of different ways. I mean, sometimes mm. we uh, we understand, uh, you know, following a narrow path, uh, the road that leads to life, but there's mm. a broad highway that leads to destruction. And uh, sometimes even people who have gone into Christian ministry have found their way onto the highway that leads to destruction mm. and uh, made some wrong choices, perhaps made some mistaken choices. Mm. And uh, there are those who are being put up in front of the media right now to actually try and convince Christians that it's all right to mm. uh, to uh, to be on the yes side of the marriage debate, uh, whereas a biblical foundation would put you firmly on the no side. Mm. Uh, so it's an interesting thing that these uh, these controversies do come up in our families and it's not easy to deal with, Stu. Mm. Barbarica, good on you for making a stand and for standing up and for not not backing down. Uh, You know, Matthew 10 verse 32 says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And uh, you've made a stand. You've said, this is what I believe. I'm not going to change that. I know this is right. And uh, I want to encourage you and and every other listener uh, to make a stand for Christ uh, because we need to stand up for him. Uh, If we're not prepared to stand up for him, well, it's it's a bit of a sad situation in that scripture, isn't it, for us? Barbarica, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. And running out of time, Stu, I really want to come back to some of the resources that people can find with you, uh, 
founder mm-hmm. of Train to Proclaim, and uh, yep. there's a website there that uh, people are able to access some resources. We sometimes talk about the Gospel in Seven app because yes. you know sometimes that can short circuit uh, the argument and the name calling if you've got yes. something that helps you to share the gospel with people. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, so just quickly, uh, some of the resources on the site if people go yep. to it. I, I agree, and I think you know often issues in society, while they're important to make a stand for Christ, that the main thing we need to make a stand for is Christ. <laughs> and we need to actually share the gospel, you know, not get caught up in the issues so much as communicating that life-changing message. And that life-changing message, uh, how do you do that in today's society? How, how do you do it in a culturally appropriate way? Well, the G7, the Gospel in 7 app, is a fantastic way. You can actually get that. don't even need to go to our website for that. You can go straight to the App Store and type in Gospel, I-N, and the number 7. We've actually got an update of that coming out in the next few weeks, all going well. Uh, that's completely new graphics, new workflow. Um, uh, it's got facilities for, for multiple uh, viewers. It's got a, you know different paths. It's got a whole lot of really good new functions in it uh, that you're going to love. But download the app at the moment, and then you'll get the update when it comes out. But that's a fantastic way of communicating in, it in today's culture, uh, the gospel. But you can go to our website too, www.traintoproclaim.com and we've got many different resources we've got videos we've got uh, evangelism training on there for Christians um, some apologetics things on there to, for answering you know the 10 most asked questions for example if that that's something that you're interested in from this program today uh, have a look at that uh, some great resources for you. They're all free. You can download them. Any physical resources that we have to send you, obviously, we've got to charge for. But otherwise, all of our resources are for, for free. So, uh, yeah, hope that's handy. Free resources, easy to download, Gospel in 7 and traintoproclaim.com. And, uh, Stu, you're available to travel, uh, even to remote locations, if mm-hmm. people want some spe- uh, some specialised uh, evangelism training. Yep, definitely. You know, I'm very, very happy to. And I, I, if you've got a group of people who would like to share or become more effective in sharing the gospel, um, I'm there. I'd love to come and work with you and uh, just get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me through the, the website. Uh, my, my email's on there, stu at traintoproclaim.com. It's S-T-U at traintoproclaim.com. Stu Miller, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.